We have a lot of teachers spread throughout this district at various buildings. And this show continues to showcase as many different voices as we can. Hello and welcome to One Troy at Home, the podcast all about teachers in the life and times of virtual learning. I'm your host, Thomas Butcher, and our guest today teaches English, language arts, and social studies at Troy College and Career High School. He's Troy School's reigning teacher of the year, Jeff Rainwater. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Thomas Buttervoice Butcher. The oh, voice helps the hearts of millions. Oh, stop that, you. <laughs> it's amazing, man. Get out of here. <laughs> hey, Rain, Rainwater, where does that name come from? Uh, well, it uh, comes from uh, what I've been told is uh, my family comes from Missouri, Oklahoma, that part of it, and uh, Cherokee blood. And uh, that's what it is. It's rooted back there. Uh, we've traced it as far back as the Civil War. One of my relatives fought in Stan Wadey's uh, division of Cherokees. And after that, we can't go back any further. That was the first instance of a family member. So, Wow, that's incredible just on its own, though. Yeah, yeah, it, there's great history in the family. Uh, my family moved up here in the late 20s for the auto industry, and that's how we came up here. Isn't that amazing? And I ended up in Troy. <laughs> well, I'm, gl I'm glad you're here today, and I'm happy to see you and that you're doing better because your entire family has recovered from coronavirus. What was that experience like? Uh, yeah, that was... Uh, Anyone that tells you the flu, they're, they're, they're kidding you. Uh, it, was, it hit us pretty hard, uh, especially my wife. Uh, she had fevers. Uh, the, the symptoms were fevers for five days in a row, 103. Uh, the worst parts were the headaches for me. And I am suffering. Through this interview, you may notice that I'll, I'll be reaching for words or thinking, looking up in the corner of my mind to grasp the words. Something called COVID fog. And it's it affected me cognitively after, well after all of my other symptoms are gone. Uh, I can't smell anything yet. Although yesterday while I was cooking salmon, I, I, I caught that little whip of lemon and I was so excited. <laughs> lemon, lemon. And then it was gone. But uh, my taste has come back. But uh, my son who had it, he had sniffles. Uh, my wife had it the worst. She had the headaches, the nausea, the, the, the upper respiratory, the, the fevers. I had fevers and my fevers only came at night. So I'd get really hot at night, 102, and then be gone in the morning. I could function, but uh, the headaches were debilitating by far. So, but we are better and we are climbing back. This is a longer recovery than what I hoped, but uh, uh, thank you for asking. I appreciate that. Feeling absolutely, absolutely. And I know that I put our discussion off a couple times. So you went from the excitement of teacher of the year to almost immediately this virtual shift due to a pandemic and then getting the virus later on. Is this the longest year of your life? Does teacher of the year feel like an ancient event? Um, uh, yeah, it really does. And uh, uh, it, it, it's been so long ago, back in, in February, I believe it was. And uh it, it was it's, it was a wonderful experience. It still is a wonderful experience. I can still wear that badge, and I'm very proud of it. I'm humbled by it, uh, for sure. And uh, 
but now it, it does seem a distant memory. We're, we're thrown back into this, this reality of whatever you want to call it, uh, called COVID-19. And so that, that pales to what we're all dealing with now, uh, not just as a, a community of educators, but as, as a nation itself. So uh, we've got a lot more to worry about than teacher of the year that <laughs> happened. But I can tell you this, I, did, I think I did tell you this, that truck that I got looks great just sitting in my driveway. That's I all bet it does. <laughs> We're really not going anywhere. It just sits and that's nice. And so I will definitely turn that thing in with uh, below mileage. For oh, sure. gosh. <laughs> yeah. what, so now what does your classroom look like during non-COVID times? Because I want to kind of lay the foundation here. Who's there, how many, and what kind of work is usually done in your class? Um, okay, so normally uh, for uh, TCCHS, our, our classes are normally small, but I have classes of 25, 26, 27. They're really vibrant. I'm never in my seat. We're moving around the room. Uh, and, and it depends on, on the situation. A lot of group work going on. I kind of like to do hands-on. Uh, when I was teaching English, uh, I would do English in a lab type setting, but especially with creative writing, a lot of sharing, a lot of presenting, things like that. It was kind of like a writer's lab that I did that with. Um, and it, it was really vibrant. I, I thought my room was very vibrant and I just can't sit down. And now I'm forced to kind of, you know, sit at this window and look at my kids who I used to be able to pat on the shoulder, give a high five, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a different world though. I didn't yes. know if that's where you were transitioning, but uh, I couldn't help but stop compared to what was to what is now. Right. So with that being said, is there anything else like what specifically had to change and what else could remain the same once you went virtual? Um, wow, a lot of the sameness is gone. But if this is what's possible. We can still teach and we can still do good things. We can still have them read. We can still have them write. We can still have them collaborate. We can still have them share and be creative. Uh, it's, it's, it's different though. It is definitely different. Um, building those relationships virtually is, is difficult. It's not as easy as looking at someone and, and seeing their body language in person and knowing right there that kid needs help uh, or needs some sort of acknowledgement or some sort of, you know, human interaction at that point in time, you keep, really can't do that with uh, virtual reality. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a struggle I think we're all dealing with right now. How long have you been teaching here now? Uh, I've taught in the district for 20 years. I think I was hired in the fall of 1999. And what's the overall experience been like? Do you feel lucky to be where you are? I am blessed. I've, uh, I'm blessed. I, I, I don't think I've had a bad day uh, here. I, I actually, I think I've had one bad day and it was so long ago that I can't even remember what it was about, you know? Uh, but when you do what you love and Thomas, you know this, when you do what you love, you never have a bad day. Before I became a teacher, I was an accountant. This is kind of a second career. I went to school for business and I became an accountant for a small company in Royal Oak. And um, counting other people's money is the worst job in the world. But seeing growth and seeing these kids just become amazing individuals is priceless. You can't put a, you can't put a price tag on that or a salary. So it wasn't always the plan to be a teacher then? 
Well, actually, it was. <laughs> it was. When I came out of high school, I went to my college counselor and I said, I want to go into education. I want to be a teacher. And she said, oh, no, no, no. You don't want to do that. Uh, the field is saturated. You won't get a job. And I was steered into business. And on reflection, I don't think it was the right choice because it took probably seven years out of my career, eight years, before I said, I don't want to do this. This is not what I want to do. So it really goes back to just follow what your passion is, no matter what other people say. I, I, I use that as a precautionary tale to my students. Do what you love. Don't let anybody talk you out of uh, what you want to do and tell you this is your better path. This is it, especially if you, you have a passion for it. Now, when I last saw you, which was just recently, you, along with other teachers, were trying to help a student who was, in lieu of specifics, in a difficult situation. Is it common for you to get involved in the well-being of students beyond the walls of your classrooms? Um, I, I think so. It's that way with all the teachers here at TCC. We... Uh, we have a student population and all our students, no matter where we teach, they, they all deal with personal trauma and, and situations that would break us even. And so it's sometimes we're their lifeline, we're their connection and it, our job doesn't stop at the classroom door. It, it can't um, to help these kids. So we'll, I know speaking for all the teachers here that we'll do whatever we can to make sure that the kids are healthy, happy and safe. And oftentimes it does lead to after hours, moving kids around, getting them to where they need to be safe, feeding them, uh, things like that. So yeah, that's right up there with teaching them verbs and nouns and history dates. So if not more important to some extent. Now that, sorry, go ahead. That, that aspect of what you're describing, is that something that you had always envisioned as part of the job as a teacher? Or did you find that later on? That's a, that's a good question. I never thought about that. Um, I no, I think I think I discovered it working with this population, and and how much a need need they were of the things that that adults can provide, especially if they don't have a stable environment at home. We're it. We're the stability, and not only here at TCC, but it could be that way at Athens or Troy or any of our middle schools and, and elementary schools. We are the stability in this child's life. So um, I don't think when I came into education that I had that in mind that that is one of our primary objectives, but it came to me very quickly though. Now you spent all those years teaching at the Niles building, which was almost a hundred years old before they just recently demolished it. Now you're at the newly minted Troy School District Learning Center, previously the ITT building off of Big Beaver. What's yes. it like going from Niles to TLC? Um, well, for me, it, it, the environment is nicer. I'll be honest. The environment is not much nicer, but you know, you could teach in the middle of the field and, and do some amazing things. You could teach in a warehouse and do an amazing things. It's when you have these extra tools that you have to, I have to learn how to utilize these tools now. So, and I'm looking forward to doing that, uh, that you can expand some things. So, um, it is going to change how I deliver the material. It's not going to change my relationship. It's not going to change how I approach my kids, uh, but it will change how I deliver. And I'm pretty excited about that and learning about all the ways. And this is a very, very high tech building. Uh, I know uh, Thomas just mentioned that we've, we've moved towards higher tech, but there are a lot of opportunities for kids here that I'm excited about. 
I have one more question before we sign off here. Okay. As you look back on what the 2020 experience really was, when thinking about the future, what are you excited for? <laughs> uh, coming back together and being in seat. I, I looked at a survey not too long ago and they were asking about people working from home and how many of you would like to stay at home and stay at work and resoundingly the numbers were 80, 90% wanted to stay at home and work from there, they found it. But then they, they took a segment of that and it was teachers. They took out a segment, how many of you teachers wanna work from home and work this? And 90% said, no, I wanna go back to the classroom. I wanna be in the classroom. I don't wanna be in front of this computer. Um, like I said before, we can do good things virtually, um, but I'm looking back or looking forward to the day that we can come back together in a classroom setting, in seat setting, get that energy up again, that vibrancy, um, and go back to whatever normal will become. But hopefully it's face-to-face, -face, in seat, for, and hopefully it's in the near future. Jeff Rainwater, thanks for doing the podcast today. We appreciate getting to talk to you. Thank you very much, Thomas. I appreciate it being here. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to give you my best radio voice as I read the outro here. Oh, uh, you guys, get ready for this. You all need to be sitting down. Wait, I got to, okay, I got to compose myself. Okay, go. Listeners, don't forget you can subscribe to TSD World Class Podcasts on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast platform, where you'll find all kinds of content and resources. You can also connect on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's our show. Stay well, everyone. Heart be still. Well played. Well played. Dude, that is amazing. Amazing.